Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Family Talks. We'd like to wish you and your family blessings this holiday season. At Global Mission Awareness, we have the privilege of leading a Kingdom Family movement in 22 nations. Will you partner with us this year to help provide relief to churches in Pakistan and Cuba? Visit globalmissionawareness.com to learn more about our projects. Hey everyone, welcome to Kingdom Family Talks. I am here with Leif Hetland. It's a joy to be with you. We have a very special episode for you today. We're going to be talking about one of our favorite Bible characters, Peter. Whoa, the rock. Wow, we are so similar to Peter in so many ways. <laughs> um, his ups, his downs. Um, usually in any church, you're going to hear a message about Peter mm. and his downfall and him finding his way back to Christ. I think that's a huge marker of Peter's journey, and I am really looking forward to getting into today's teaching text with you. Um, I'm just going to take a moment and read John 21, 15 through 19, and then we can jump in. Sounds good. All right. So John 21, 15, I'll be reading out of New King James Version. It says, So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. This is such an interesting passage because we see a a Peter who is coming out of an identity crisis (laughs) and is really um, offended by... Jesus questioning Peter's love for him. So I would love to hear from you for a moment. What's happening before this text takes place? What's setting us up? Yeah, I can also first give the background of how this kind of came about. And I know we're calling the topic of renewing your spiritual passion. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the topic today. But I, I think you were aware that when I came home from Pakistan, and often when you've been on the battlefield, and you don't know how much oil that you've been burning. And that was kind of how this came about was that I had come home and then there's the battle you fight after the battle you won. So you finished, I mean, you've been ministering, you've been going and going, and a lot of us have in this season and you do not realize even emotion, you're speaking of all the expenses that is there. So the first day of Sabbath after, I think we're like 11 weeks before and during and after, it's just been one thing to the, after, to the other and I should have listened to my wife. <laughs> Because she said, why don't you go ride outside and sit and do nothing? And I had this beautiful electric bike. It is red and shiny in the garage. So I decided, let me rather just take this bike. It goes actually very fast. And, and, and some people know the story, but I call it a PTSD. I was treated for PTSD, but it's post-traumatic squall disorder. A squall came in front of it, hit the bike that very day on my Sabbath. I flew over. That was my first flying lessons, the flying... Yeah. And 
I remember out of nowhere receiving a text <laughs> from Jennifer of you in the hospital with a neck brace on and a yeah. bloody arm. You had ripped yeah. all your skin, had been <laughs> rubbed off, and I was thinking, what in the world is happening? That's my Sabbath. This is my resting place. And it's like you try. Now, so anyway, so that was kind of the, the story behind the story here. And I'm sitting in my home and just, mm -hmm. I'm exhausted and been promised this is going to be the year of shalom and peace and all these promises that you felt and then emotionally you're down physically spiritually it's like every ear was like and then that's when these verses hit me mm -hmm. it was like the voice of the holy spirit do you love me and i'm like do you love me and by the third time it's almost like i wanted to say hey i won the international peace award by the president of pakistan as an ambassador of love come on jesus don't you know i mean but he never asked us the question because he lacks the answer. Mm. And so that's how this whole thing came about. And that took me to the journey. And that's when I started to look at the scripture verses that was before. Because I realized he's asking me something. And I think also for everyone that is watching, it's the question of the hour. Mm. And it's like, it's not just that, do you love me? But, okay, feed my lambs. Or do you love me? Feed my sheep or take care of my sheep. But what he's also going after, and people think it is, in the Greek, agape, agape, but again, Jesus using agape, but Peter answered back, filio, but it was actually done in Aramaic, so it's not necessary the right way of looking at it, but Jesus is going after something in his life, but there was three times. Why three times? Uh, okay, the verses before, it's very interesting because in the end of John chapter 20, Jesus has done these amazing miracles, but let me even take you a little bit further back than that, and that is when Jesus and John 13, sitting together with him. And then he says, John 13, verse 34 and 35, as I have loved you, as I have loved you. Not just the great commandment is love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. But now he says, I I'm going to give you something beyond that. As I have loved you, now you're going to love one another. And that's how the world is going to see. And then right after he starts to describe that one is about to betray. And he even say, all of you are going to shatter and leave and Peter's like, absolutely not me. I mean, all of the rest of the guys, yeah. I mean, if this was to happen, I know, I mean, all of that. So that is very easy. Everybody else could, but there's no way. So I don't think there's anybody out here that the intention is to do that. But intention doesn't take you to destiny, direction does. Wow. So there's a lot of people have good intention. I will never leave Jesus. I will never criticize this person. I will never, I mean, we say these things and it's charismatic phrases and but what we're seeing with Peter then in this moment was that Jesus said, hey, Simon, before the rooster crow, three times you would have denied me. It's like, Jesus, you don't know me, Jesus. I mean, it's that kind of a feeling. And then the emotional tank is done. And it's very interesting. If you go in Matthew 26, you kind of can follow the whole thing. But in the book of Matthew, there's 28 chapter, and it's famous for the last verses. Seven of those chapters is dealing with the last week of Jesus' life. So one, four. So if you're dealing with 33 years of life, mm -hmm. that seven chapters is just dealing of that life. So that's where you get the most detail. And Matthew was very detailed in his writing. But in there, he has some details. And that is, when things was tough and hard, and they had, they're supposed to have at the darkest moment for Jesus, mm -hmm. and Jesus describing, he said, listen, and he brings Peter, James, and John. Those are the only one eventually brings with him. And his moment, his father, if there's another way. The agony is coming in, and it is thirst, and it is the darkest moment. And guess what happened to the three guys? Jesus is there praying, and he's brought his three guys. Can you help me if this is going to be my darkest moment? 
and at that moment they fall asleep. It's an interesting to see. You can read those verses, but three different times he wakes them up. Three times he wakes them up. Yeah. How many times does he deny him? Three times. How many times is this, do you love me? Three times. It's just following the significance of this. But one of the times he says, you need to wake up so that you do not get tempted. And so it's interesting, temptation and some of the things that happen, but the battle of fatigue that is going on, the emotional attack is done, and when they are supposed to actually be awake and be there for Jesus, Jesus is there awake, they fall asleep three different times. Wow, yeah. And as a result of that later on, when the chaos comes in, and then John and Peter, still his intention is, I'm tired, if you watch the pace before, I'm tired, but I'm still, I will not deny him. Coming into the outer court, they're taking Jesus inside, and the torture is about to start. John goes inside the outer court, then, and then he said, Oh, he is with me, brings Peter in, and there's that flame, and there's that fire. And the Bible says that he goes up to that fire. It's cold that night, and you can kind of hear it. It's a dark night, and you can hear in the background the torture, the sound, and that's going on right in the house there. And then you're standing here. It's cold outside. There's a fire and people are gathering around. And, and Peter is confusion. You're tired and you just want to go and warm up for a moment. You're going up to this fire. And I'm saying there's an important thing here, a good lesson to learn that even when your emotional tank is, is at the lowest, then you will find out the enemy will build a fire. And there's going to be a place. So what are some of the fires the enemy can build in this season for people when you are trying to get there to warm yourself up? And that was one of the first things. And when he gets to that fire, that's when the question comes, oh, are you not the one? He never intended. But if you watch his emotional tank, everything that has happened before, seeing the perfect setup, fear is coming in, and all of the things in this environment, it's dark, it is, and you have not slept enough, and then boom. There comes that question. No, no, not me. You just respond. You don't even think about it. Next time, not me. Ah, oh, you are the one with the ear. I, I remember. And then you hear the sound. And this is the most devastating. If you say to Peter, Peter, what is the worst day of your life? That will be described. It's the worst day of my life. Everything that I said I will never do. I left everything to follow Jesus. I didn't even, just, it was not just Jesus as my Savior. He was my Lord. The moment when I realized who he was, I left my fishing and I followed him. I kissed my family goodbye, I followed him. I was willing to do anything. And my, his intention was that, and you could see that in his heart. But then in this journey together with Jesus, there was some ups and downs. But then when the fatigue level came in, the fire was set before him. He did the very thing he didn't even know was in his heart to do. And now the three things is the guilt and the shame and the fear that he felt. Then when you went to the next day on Friday, he is not there. He is not there on Saturday. He is not there on Sunday. And if you look at the scriptures, there's some details here. Sunday when Jesus then eventually, the first one he appeared himself to is Mary Magdalene. And she was the one that had been possessed, that had been delivered. She's the first one Jesus appeared. The second one is these two guys at the road of Emmaus. And it's interesting also, he broke the bread when they they open up and they realize who he was. He's just walking along with them. And they're trying to describe. And so you can have Jesus right here and he can be here and we do not recognize right him here, yeah. until yeah. communion come, happen. Wow. And that's when we wreck oh, it's not just the two of us. The third person here is more real than both of us. Mm. And that's when your heart starts to get burning. So that's the fellowship of the burning hearts. Yeah. 
And you can have heartburn without your heart being burning. <laughs> so here we had that story with Emma. But the third one, the Bible says, is an interesting one little scripture verse in Corinthians where Paul describes it. And that is the next appearance was to Peter. And then there's another scripture verse when Jesus, after the resurrection, he tells the magma, especially Peter. You need to see that word especially. So after the resurrection, I want you especially to go to Peter. Go especially to Peter. He's very special to me. And then he appears in John 20, mm -hmm. second time there, fill that room with his presence. Then he appears again to these disciples. So you see they've had at least three appearances of Jesus. Then Jesus does phenomenal miracles and healings, and they're still seeing it. And then you get to John 21. Now we're setting it up. And yeah. then, guess what he's going to do? I'm going to go back fishing. How could you yeah. even wanted to go back to how things were before? You had left. Familiar. It was familiar. Yeah. It's something you know how to do. It's mm -hmm. something. And 70% of people in ministry, if they could go back to something that they knew was working, they would have left ministry this season because of the fatigue level, because of the betrayals, because of the hurts, because of stuff that has happened in this season. I talk with people today. That is the issue of so many people. They have not renewed their spiritual passion in the melody. There's no longer oil, and they've been dealing with leak after leak, the betrayals, the hurts, the disappointment. So when Peter is into this, but what is hanging over this guy that when you couldn't even be there on the Friday and Saturday and Sunday. It's shame. One of the biggest reasons we're not telling people about Jesus, shame. The enemy is blackmailing him now. And the pain of that moment, no matter what you get to see and experience, you can be on this incredible journey and have Jesus encounter. But if you don't deal with a root issue, you're never going to be see the future you until you deal with the past. And that's what's happening. So they go back fishing again. And again, it doesn't work even with his hand. And the guys joins them. That's another thing. So John and the rest of the guys, they also join them fishing. They're going back to the old way that they all have given up when Jesus is alive. This is after the resurrection. Yeah. And then none of that works any longer. Disappointed. These guys are professional fishermen. And these guys say, hey, boys, did you get any fish? They do not even see who he is because he's in the distance. And it is, he's the resurrected Christ now, meaning in the bodily form is not what they recognized before. So when you do not see him, can you recognize him? That's the question in this season. And then as they are heading back in to shore, Jesus said, hey, why don't you throw it over to the other side? When was the last time that happened? That's when he submitted to the Lordship and he had forgotten about the Lordship. And I said, what is Jesus doing? He takes him back to the future. <laughs> yeah. And then at that moment, hey. And then eventually we know they got 153 large fish. Last time it was more fish than they could handle. Yeah. And now something has happened, like what, what just happened? They still do not recognize it. John did. Why? Even when you cannot see him, John recognized that's the voice. It's the Lord. Just an interesting observation. He puts on his cloak because he probably had his little shorts on while he was he putting on his clothes. Randy Clark said just a funny part of that in Brazil. Mm -hmm. Could it be because he expected to walk on water again now? <laughs> but why would you put on your whole cloak when you're going to jump in water? Yeah. But the observation we know he jumps goes in the water and he starts to swim ashore and when he comes there jesus makes breakfast on the beach and that's what happened to me in that room and that's what i'm bringing everybody here it's time to have breakfast with jesus on the beach mm -hmm. dealing with your disappointment discouragement dealing with your past dealing with any area in your life for me that day it was everything from the losses i've had with papa jack and bob and Tom. that day when he says, do you love me? He took me back to all of those losses 
And as we saw, if you cannot deal with the losses, you cannot be in trust with the future gains. If you cannot deal with your disappointment, you cannot have the next divine appointment. So he's allowing this fire to deal with the root issue of his life and the root issue that he didn't know about himself because it is not just how much Jesus loved him. That would be no question if Jesus said. Mm. But what Peter is struggling with that day when he asked him, he, three times he denied him, three times do you love me, three times he had to wake him, you see this connection. He goes back to fishing again because the first time of fishing, he brings him back to that spot. I became the Lord of your life. What has happened in this journey? Yeah. All these things has happened. Shame came in, fear came in, guilt came in. And right now, I don't feel worthy to move into the future. Yeah. And there's something here where the enemy is blackmailing and he didn't know. So when the love goes into those areas, when Jesus then had breakfast on the beach, guess what it says in the scripture? There's only two times that word is used. The time when the Greek word for the fire and the coals that is there. Yeah. There's only one other time that Greek word is used, and that was the other fire when he betrayed him. So what happens when he comes in and he sees that fire, brings him right back to that fire. The very thing I said I will never do, that's the fire he sees. And all the memories attached to that Everything fire, right? memories, and that's a purpose in it. <laughs> yeah. And that's where they're sitting down, and he's looking at that fire, and you're looking at Jesus, and everything becomes fresh. And then Jesus says, excuse me, let's have a little, get some more fish here. But it's interesting also that Jesus already had a little bit of fish and bread, where did he get fish from? That's another question. Yeah. When there was no fish for these guys that are professional. <laughs> Jesus is sitting there, ah, get some more fish, and he brings some more fish, and they're sitting there. And then they have this conversation that I think that God wants for all of us in this season. All of us, we would like to go to Pentecost and the fire to come with our first stopping up and having breakfast with Jesus and restoring and renewing our spiritual passion back to our first love, back to the basic, back to seeing you the way that he sees you. But here's the key. What I learned that day in my office, mm -hmm. the biggest key that was missing it, Peter did not love Peter the way Jesus loved Peter. Mm. That was the root problem. And that's what Jesus had seen from the beginning. And that's what Jesus is restoring with those three. The prophecy over those three is he sees Pentecost. He sees this is who you are. I've always seen you that way. I've seen you as brave. I've seen you as courageous. I've seen you there in Acts 2. I've seen you brave. You're standing before people. I've seen you there in the prison. I've seen you when they walk in your shadow. Let me tell you who you are. That's what I've always seen. But you have not seen you the way I see you yet. And you have not believed in you the way I believe in you. And you have not loved you the way that I love you yet. Here's the root issue with you, Peter. That's what he's dealing with, the three love you statement. And you see in the verses afterwards, and that's when you see, when you were younger, you could do whatever you wanted. But now, as an old, I saw you with outstretched hand. The story is this from 64 AD when Nero came in. And Nero, he had been in power. But Nero, we know there was a mass persecution. And thousands of Christians came and the chaos came in. And Nero, this maniac and Peter, the story is that he came back again, and at that moment, according to historians, he said, I'm not even worthy to be crucified mm -hmm. like him, and he got crucified upside down. Yeah. And so I'm saying that that's what Jesus is describing. I saw you later on. I've always seen you as that one, not the one that would betray me, not the one follow, but you had not yet seen. That's why we have to deal with those root issues. So that day, mm -hmm. The spiritual passion was restored. The spiritual passion was renewed. He didn't have to do anything. He waits now to Pentecost came along and he could be that leader that Jesus intended for him to be. He could 
entrusted with a future that Jesus had for him. And he was able to wake up in the morning to look in the mirror and no longer see a broken mirror. But he was able to see a clear picture. That's how he sees me. So I choose yeah. to forgive myself. I choose to release my past. So for me, that day in that room took me back to those incidences, back to those areas, back to the burnout, back to the betrayals, back to dealing with all those different things. And then allowing him to come back and show, like, this is who you are. This is what your future is looking like. This is what I've always seen from the first time I saw you, from the first time I called you, when you said, Lord, I've always treated you based upon your destiny, not your history. But until you see you from that perspective, you will never be able to moving into what I have for you, the fullness that I've had for your life. Wow. That is amazing. Thank you for sharing that. It just makes me think that's exactly what the Father is doing in this season. He is restoring spiritual passion and I just a few verses popped in my mind. Um, re return to me the joy of my salvation and uh, zeal for your house consumes me. Uh, the questions could include, is shame and guilt keeping you from passionately pursuing Jesus? Um, and if so, please know that you're being blackmailed by the enemy, right? Like what is it that, that you can do to get out of that situation? Um, if you know that you are at that first fire, it's familiar, you're going back to an old ways that are no longer working, you're not finding peace there, but you don't know how to get to the next fire, what do you do? And it's a very good question, but I think that you need to have that conversation with Jesus. Stop for a few moments and let him ask you those three questions. Do you love me? And the tendency for us to say, oh, yes, you know, and da, 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 da. Okay, what does that look like? What does that in every area of your life look like? Do you love me more than anything else? Oh, yes, you know that I do. So allowing him when he's asking those questions is not because you are trying to prove to him, mm. but for you to be able to see what he sees when he's asking those questions. That became so important for me. But then the second of all, then to do something practical about it. Like one of my things, as you know, is that I went back to Norway for Courtney's wedding, and then there was a person who drove me into the mountain when I broke my back. And, and there was, I mean, I forgave him and everything else, but it's never been where we sat down because there was things that he, yeah, he never made up for it of a lot of things that happened. And then I've had chronic pain ever since and yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars and losses and medical bills. And, and it's taking toll out of my whole life. But I went back to him as a result of this thing. So for some of us, there's a cost to going back to become free how to be able to not just forgive, but be able to sit down with somebody yeah. and to sit with whoever that did and to be free. And that's what Joseph did when his brother stood before him after everything they've done to him. Yeah. So it's not just necessary what you have done wrong and wrong, but also what other people have done wrong to you could come back. That's what happened to yeah. me. And in that, the losses, the disappointments, the pain, the betrayal, I sat that day and went back to all of that, but I realized none of my past is going to stop me from experiencing the fullness of what you have for the future. The second thing is then for you to forgive you. The way. So the practicality, what does this love look like? And I think it is different from each one of us, but I do believe that none of us will be entrusted with the Pentecost, the second Pentecost that is coming, where you both get the fire and you get the wind and you get the wine to be able to do next. That's things you can receive. You cannot totally be entrusted with that when there is still areas from our past that will cripple us. Yeah.
Because even if the glory comes in, if there's cracks in the foundation, he loves you enough to not answer your prayer. Because if he answers your prayer, the glory will crush you. So when the weightiness comes in, when there's cracks in the foundation, so he's just holding back. So the blessings we ask him to do, if he blesses us with that, the blessings will crush us. So what he is so gracious, he gives you a breakfast, sits down with you, and he deals with those root area. And any area that would love has not gone in. Any area where there's still shame, fear, disappointment, any of the things that can affect the way you see the future and the future you, where you do not see you right. There's tendency for us to want to go back to something that's still working. Yeah. And I think that a lot of it is the battle fatigue. That's what we're dealing with. Yeah. Renewing your spiritual passion, renewing your first love, getting back to let it be fun, allowing that joy of the Lord to be your strength. Yeah. It's not easy. None of us. Uh, the circumstances have not changed, but you have changed. And as a result of that change, now you can get into the waiting. Because I will not move into a Pentecost and do anything until I first receive what he has for me next. Yeah. That freedom is there. But I don't have any plan B any longer. Yeah. He has restored the joy of my salvation. I've restored my first love. He has brought me back to why I follow him in the first place. But I've started to look in the mirror and believe in me the way he believes in me. See me the way he does. And love me the way he loves and forgive what he forgives. And there's nothing that's going to hold me back. At that moment, there's no plan B. It's just one plan A. It is to say yes and amen. Yeah. And at that moment, he takes you in and says, this is who you are. Let me show you. That's what he did here with Peter. And I love now the ending of Peter. I had never just visited this place and see this was the key to renewing your spiritual passion. Those three love you questions that took him back to his future. So good. Wow. Well, I thank you so much for sharing. Would you just take a moment and pray for our listeners today? Father, I just thank you for people that are out. Uh, and I know so many people have this battle fatigue and we're tired and we do things. I just did yesterday. I haven't slept for so many days and you get tired and you say things. We don't act the way we like and everything else. But I just want you to stop being disappointed with yourself in this season. Stop allowing the enemy to remind you who you are not. And do not allow shame to come in and speak. Because shames will always, shame will always tell you who you are not. Papa God will always tell you who you are. And what Jesus did at this moment, it was not anything that was mean. It was actually going in and saying, hey, let me remind you about something. Peter, do you remember the first time you saw me? And he is going to remind you. Remember the first time I saw you? Actually, it was before, <laughs> before the fishing. I've always seen you. I've always seen you. I know who you are. And it was something that was so significant that I was willing to pay everything to get hold of you, to capture your heart and where you were willing to follow me. Some of you have me as Savior, but other ones will recognize that I am Lord. Mm. But even in your journey with my Lordship, I just release over you. This journey maybe has not been easy. And maybe you had a Thursday moment, a Thursday moment where you did something that you're still regretting. Or maybe somebody did something to you, and you tried to find a fire to warm yourself up. I just want to encourage you even at this moment just to repent. And any area when you went to the wrong fire, because it was a cold night, it was a dark night, and you just wanted to warm yourself up. And at that moment, you maybe said something, did something, or someone did something that still scarred you. And he wants to heal those wounds. He's going to allow in those things actually not to be your weakness any longer. But out of that weakness is going to be humility. And that humility is going to tap into his grace. And you're going to know that it's all about 
his grace. Even if your faith is little, his grace is big. And then I just want to release over you even now as Jesus is inviting you into this wholesome conversation. He knows everything about everything and he knows everything about you. So when he's asking you, do you love me? Don't answer. Just allow that love to go deeper and deeper and deeper and then let him speak into your identity. This is who you are. This is how I've always seen you. Is there still something lingering from your past? I want you to let go and allow me to allow my love to go into those places and to set you free. And then let me remind you about the future you, the destiny you, the real you, that is going to be part of the greatest time that the world has ever seen. And I'm not forgotten your part of it, your place in it. I didn't take you home at the day of your salvation. I could have, but I chose for you to stay here for a divine purpose, with a divine plan. And it is time for you now just to say, yes, step into that and enjoy the journey towards your destiny and allowing that joy of the Lord to be your strength. And in his presence, there's fullness of joy. In this world, you will have trouble, but in the middle of it, be of good cheer because you and I, we have overcome this world. And we do that, we do that, but just allowing us to love ourselves the way that he loves us. And then we love our neighbor as we love ourselves. What does that look like in every area of your life? I bless you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Lord. To keep up with Leif's travels and testimonies from GMA's projects, Follow us on Instagram and social media at Leif Hetland and at Global Mission Awareness. We pray that today you will be awakened to love and that others will experience the love of Father God through you.